All right, everybody, welcome to episode number four of the Spare Note series. My name is Matt Tobacco from SpokenTobacco.com, and I am joined once again by my very good friend, Mr. William Cooper of Cigar Coop. Um, Coop, what are you smoking tonight over there? I'm about to light up the Davidoff Chef's Edition. Uh, This is the 2018 edition. Um, I was going to light this up on the last show, um, which we just did. uh, Last year, I just recorded Cigar Jukebox, and we did some stuff on Anthony Bourdain. Um, But it was uh, Skip Martin was the guest, and I usually always like to try to smoke the guest cigar that night. Um, So I just said, let me put this one off as my this would be great to have on Spare Notes tonight. And I'm kind of going to follow your lead a little bit. And I'm going to smoke something that's a little similar, newer and upcoming brand, and it's in your favorite size. You want to take a guess what size that is? A Gordo. No, it's a Lancero. (laughs) That's not my favorite size. I know. You see what I did there? Uh, It is a J. London Gold Series Lancero. I've heard Um, a lot of good things about this brand. Yeah. Oh, it is phenomenal. So we're at the trade show, right? And I saw uh, Jonathan Fiant. And he was saying how, like, people have told him that his brand is almost like Atabe and Davidoff had a child. And I thought that was really interesting. A very interesting comparison. Yeah. I don't know if I would go exactly that route, but I could see I could see what people were kind of talking about. Um, it, it's good, you know. Got that light shade wrapper to it. It's not too strong. It's... Uh, me a mild to little medium um and it's got plenty of flavor to it especially in the lancero which is a great size for everyone out there lanceros are great cigars um despite what you may hear on cigarcoop.com <laughs> that that is false news i'm actually i'm false just critical of the Lan- I'm, I'm just critical of the lanceros because like i see people sometimes say they get so excited about a lancero coming out and to make a lancero is very difficult um, because you either have to, to get things into a, a true seven by 38, seven and a half by 38 ring gauge. It's tough. And a lot of times you can't get all the tobaccos in and get them to work the same way you want them to work. I find the Lanceros are better when they're blended to be a Lancero, um, as opposed to trying to take something and make it a Lancero. Mm, the cold jar on this is like, like cherry, like a nice sweet cherry. Not maraschino cherry, like the fresh cherries from the store with the pit in them. Like, mm. there's like a sweetness, but there's a little bit of zing on the end. Yep. So good. I also, as a backup, I have the uh, Abuelo Padre that I picked up today. While I was uh, what a, you know, I know we've talked, I think we've talked about this brand at some point on some shows. Uh, the Abuelo is just a home run for United that they got from JRE. Uh, I have been really, I, I haven't reviewed it yet, but it's going to do very well. Yeah, I, I've heard a lot of good things. I haven't had the new one yet. Um, I, I remember the old ones, which were short fill, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, I, I kind of joked with Dave Garofalo, and I meant this in a joking way. I said they should have should have kept that brand for themselves. <laughs> you guys lucked out. Not, and I didn't mean it like you know, obviously. I think it's great he got that brand, and and uh, I think there's a connection with that. Obviously, with him becoming an abuelo, mm-hmm. uh, but it was a really good blend they put together uh, for him. 
Um, and uh, good job, good job by everyone on that one. And and you, are you smoking the the Toro or the Churchill? This is a Toro. It is a Toro. Okay, this is Toro. Yeah, six by fifty-two. The Padre. That's the size. Okay, that's the size we've been on the Coop team have been kind of saying that's the best size. Yeah. It looked longer on the screen. That's why I was like, I don't think they make a Churchill, but yeah, it was the Toro is the one to, uh, that we've really been enjoying. Yeah. I think it's three sizes. I think he had, um, and then I don't remember seeing a, a longer one. Um, so yeah, I, I haven't had that yet and I know it's, uh, it's been pretty popular. So I, I picked one up. Um, and, uh, yeah, they were uh, actually a two guys smoked up. They had the, uh, Camacho, uh, events this week so today um was camacho day and so i uh i got one of the uh the scorpions so if you're watching the cigar authority um they tasted the the unleashed they had the scorpions so i got one and i think george is gonna come on the show we're gonna do an unleashed uh a camacho unleashed giveaway bundle whole bundle giving away um stay tuned on the details for that because we haven't finalized anything but that's what we're going to be doing so keep but keep an eye out for that and uh we're also nicole uh thought of this we could we're going to run a um contest i think or maybe it's just going to be a poll i don't know we have to finalize it but the idea came of surveying the audience to see who's going to be the one to eat the scorpion on the show because we're going to do it on the show um so and i would show it but I don't have it with me. We have um, eaten this. We, as a team, we ate, we did a video. You did right? it? Yeah. So there's a video oh. on the cigar coupe page and you, all of our things where we've done it. Um, it, so I won't want to spoil it. Um, you, you may want to watch it beforehand, but, um, but we did it. Yeah. Ben bear and I did it. Interesting. Yep. And so I think it's definitely cool to do it, uh, live and on the air. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's a cool way to do it. Well, I walked up to the studio and they were in the middle of the broadcast and they saw me come in and they, 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 you know, acknowledged and whatever on the air. And then they were like, uh, and then Jonathan's like here and he, he throws one out into the studio. Uh, and I, and I ripped it open and, um, cause I was like, all right, let's just do this. And then, uh, Jesse from Davidoff was like, no, 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 you should do this on the show. <laughs> and he was like, here, I have a whole idea. So we, I was like, all right, I'll wait. So we're going to, we're going to do it on the show. Um, I'm looking forward to that. I, I texted John. I go, you got to make sure you're on this episode. We're going to do yeah. scorpions. And he's like, I, Oh, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think you guys will have fun with it. Um, for sure. Uh, it was, a, it was an interesting, it was a fun thing that Davidoff put, put in front of us. So, um, yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, so, you know, one of the reasons why I grabbed a Lancero was because one of the topics I want to get into tonight is, and I guess we can start with this since we're here and yep. then we'll get into it. I'll do a, I'll do the quick, we're going to talk a little bit about Drew Estate canceling all their events. Yep. We're going to talk a little bit about humidity control. Yep. Uh, and your humidors at home. And uh, we might get into some accessory stuff at the end, but for now, one of the things I want to talk about, because I know Coop will have a lot to say on this too. And uh, by the way, hold on before I keep getting sidetracked, but like I have all these things I was going to do this privately, but fuck it. We're on the air. Did you uh, happen to catch this week's episode with bear? 
Yes, I did. I, I did catch it live. Um, we so gave I you did, some love on the air. I really appreciate it as well. And I explained uh, to everyone why you still feel bad. And I'm like, Coop, stop feeling bad. It's all no, good. It was, it's water it under was the all, bridge. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think you guys did a great show. Uh, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, Bear's a good interview to have. And, um, you know, he uh, I think it was, it was a good job by everyone on that show. I did. I couldn't watch it live because I was doing my show at 10 and I had to do my nap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I have to rest before that 10 p.m. start a lot of times. So I did have to just uh, I did have to rest, unfortunately. Uh, but I, I actually messaged back. I thought it was a, a great show uh, as well. So good job by everyone there. Well, thank you very much. Coop. Yep. yep. Love to see. To love say. to see. You know, always love to see the, the Coop family. You know, kind of, uh, and you guys are part of it. So, uh, you know, great to see everyone with that, and just love love seeing when media interacts with media. So it's it's great. It's always a great time. But yeah. tonight, the first thing we're going to get into is uh, how many sizes is too many. Now, this is something that we've seen. Yeah, uh, and I don't think everyone's an offender. All right, all right, maybe let's not call it offender. I don't want anyone to think what we're knocking anyone has a lot of right. sizes. It's just a conversation. For opinions and the audience watching at home and listening at home, feel free to submit, you know, questions and comments on this too. And we can, you know, we'll, we'll get into it on yep. the show. Yep. Um, but you know, there's some brands out there and they have like, I, you know, I know for example, Atabay, which is a great brand. I love right. the brand. I, I spoke right. a lot of different sizes. Actually tonight it was either between this or the Spiritus Lancero, which is probably my favorite Lancero. Um, you know, they have, I don't know the exact number, but I, I want to say it's around 12 different sizes. It, in that it's, line. About, it's over 10 they have. Yeah. I want to say it's 12 or 14. It's right. one of those two. I can't remember which. Um, it's a lot of sizes for one cigar. Now, there's been a lot of brands that have maybe like seven, eight. Um, it's still a lot. What's uh what what is I want to get your firsthand take on what you feel isn't like an acceptable number of sizes. And I understand like different sizes are all going to smoke differently. Right. Uh, you know, you're going to always have probably like the Robusto, the Toro, Churchill, or, like the three big ones. And then you sometimes you get a Corona in there. Uh, you know, the Torpedo is popular. I get that. You know, then you start adding like, well, we're going to put in a petite Lancero, a Lancero, a petite Corona. Then we're going to put in like um, a double Robusto. Uh, a, um, shit, why am I? Why am I getting lost on this one? Uh, Corona Gorda. Corona, double, yeah. yeah. So, and then by the time you do all that, you know, you're starting to you're creeping up to either just under or around 10 different yeah. offerings. Uh, and uh, as a retailer, I would say too, would be an interesting take, you know, as a retailer who, you know, buys stuff, you know, do you buy all of them? You know, do you buy, you know, which ones do you buy? You know, I guess it depends on what kind of sizes you sell. So uh, there's many different ways we could get into this, but I'm going to let you kind of start on the topic and uh, we'll kind of build from there. Okay. No, it's a good topic actually. And it kind of came, Aaron and I kind of talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the show. So it's kind of timely uh, that it's a spare note. I think this is perfect. Hmm. So let me just tell you about the philosophy that, that I use. And this came from my days at Stogie Geeks. Uh, when I was on Stogie Geeks, uh, Paul, Paul Sidorian and myself, we kind of laid out this philosophy where we basically um, consider every new Vitola a, a new cigar, right? So 
the idea is, um, you know, when they come out with a like a line extension is not it's we st- if they extend the line. Right. It's a new cigar to us. A lot of people don't have that. Like if the line's out and then they extend it, they don't consider it a new cigar. Um, and really where we came to that moment, I remember, was back. Uh, we were reviewing the Abo Sinker Nicaraguas. Right. And I'll be honest, we just weren't blown away by that cigar. And we were going through different sizes, right? And then, lo and behold, we go to the Gordo of all sizes, the 60. And we love that cigar. And it kind of cemented our philosophy is we don't want to dismiss a line if we don't like one size. Because there may be another size that, that performs very well. And there's a lot of things that go into that, like leaf placement, uh, you know, ring gauge, obviously, some of the ratios of the tobaccos. So I've always taken that philosophy going into this, right? Um, now... I think when you have the number of Atolas, companies have to handle this different ways, right? So if you're a bigger company, right, you're trying to, you know, everyone's trying to get shelf space, right? But a bigger company can go ahead and release a lot of Atolas right away. So they can kind of capitalize on shelf space, right? A smaller company can't do that, right? They're, that's very tough for them. If, they, if, if you're a new company and you're coming out with six Atolas to start with, you're not going to get, you may have six different options, but you're, you're not going to, you're not going to be able, they're not going to give you that shelf space. So, you know, if I'm, if I'm starting, like this is when we we had, when Aaron and I had this conversation, we talked about when we started a cigar brand, we probably would only start with one or two Vitolas to start with. Right. Right. Eventually you can grow it. Right. Now, Atabay has been around nine years. It's a, it's a line that's gotten, uh, you know, it's a staple in a lot of humidors. I can kind of understand them going to nine sizes, right? But most companies, it's still a lot, right? Because some of those sizes are ultimately going to sell better than other sizes, right? So do you want to dedicate production to sizes that don't sell is the question. And, And that's where I've seen like other companies now in the last few years, and I look at General, Rocky Patel, um are good examples uh where they where they really focus on three or four sizes now uh and i see the three sides i see robusto toro gordo and then maybe a fourth size was just special size um i think that's a good i think when you get the three to four it's a healthy it's a manageable number um and and the thing is if you're going to grow the line i'd say grow it slowly right don't like come out whatever you know so if you come out with a line extension you can make it something special did you at the show visit a guy uh, from 1502 Cigars at all? Uh, why is this so familiar? I don't think I did. Okay. So 1502 Cigars is, is a line. It's been around for about eight or nine, maybe almost 10 years now. Small brand. Uh, they make their cigars out of Placentia. They have a decent following. They've been like really good at like, they tend to maybe extend the line one or two, one size once or every two years. And what it does, is it kind of makes it special. Right. It kind of makes it a little more special where they're coming out with something and, and um, that size is suddenly something to look forward to, maybe because you've been smoking the line three or four years. Um, but I think even with small companies, you get to a point when you get to that five or six mark where I think it's then it becomes like you're getting over that four mark. There's ultimately sizes that aren't going to sell. And I think ultimately you have to start pulling skews at that point. Hmm. So from a cigar smoker and what we do, it's great to have 10 or 11. From a business and practicality standpoint, I don't think it makes a lot of sense. So I would stick between that three and four line as, as a minimum. And then maybe LE, some of them. You could do a limited edition. Uh, you can bring back a size from time to time. 
And uh, that's what I would do. Our good friend Jay Davis from uh, Blue Smoke of Dallas. Uh, I disagree, Coop. A new brand must have a Robusto or Corona, a Toro, and a 60. Three sizes minimum. Um, I say three. I, 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 if you're a guy, I mean, starting out from the ground, I mean, I'm talking new company, you're new to the business. It's tough. It, 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 it's, it's tough to make that investment is what I'm saying. Some companies may be able to do it. Uh, I wouldn't argue that point. I wouldn't argue that point. I still would probably start with Robusto and Toro to start with. That's just me. If I was mm-hmm. but but I can understand him from a retail standpoint, you know, making sure he covers his his uh, customer base as much as possible. But I don't think he'd want six, right? Um, I, I for me, I I I I always kind of felt like three was a universal number. Um, kind of kind of agree with Jay. I don't know why. I just feel like. Kind of like I was saying before, I feel like like Robusto, Toro are like two sizes you should definitely have. Okay. Um, What's your third size? What would be your third size? I, I'll, I'll say, okay, I'll, I'll agree with the three, but what would your third size be? I feel like a lot of times, based on what I see at least around here, it's, it's one of two. It's, okay. either a, it's either a Corona or it's a Churchill. Okay, I see Gordo around here. Really? Right. Mm. But okay, I, I can buy into that, right? When it's let me when it's a brand that only has three sizes, right? In 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 a, in a particular line. So, um, I and I can see Corona where you guys are. I could see it because it's colder weather, right? Coronas don't play well in the southeast as much. Mm. I love a Corona. Don't get me wrong, but um. They may play well in Texas and stuff like, but I, I can say in the Southeast, Corona, I don't see a lot of people smoke Coronas. Yeah, Dan, uh, hold on. There's actually, there's a lot, there's a lot of good feedback here. Um, Jay had commented again. I mean, as a retailer, one or two facings get lost next to the Perdomos of the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Thompson says, managing Vitolas is tough. We are playing catch up to align favorite sizes with our blends. Um Chad Manson says, I like choosing between different sizes. Still amazes me when one size is amazing to me and same cigar, different sizes, not smokable. But four to five sizes is probably plenty. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jay has followed up with, for example, need the A in three sizes. I'm dying for more. Oh, never mind. I didn't read the whole thing there. Holy bit. <laughs> um, so uh, anyway, so, but yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, it's interesting. Plus, you know, remember too, um, a lot of times a cigar is blended to one size. Right. And then it's branched off from there. Like, all right, we're going to offer it in this or this or whatever. So it's, that's true. I mean, you, you, let's say you blend it to the Robusto, right? That's how they blended it. That's the size where they, they, they played with it. And then that like, guy, right, this is the blend. And now let's, you know, let's, let's tweak it to make a Toro and all that. And a lot of times, you know, that's true. Sometimes there's like one cigar in the line, even though it's all this, the same blend or whatever. There's one cigar on the line where, you know, okay, this is phenomenal. And then you go, let's say the Robusto again for the sake. Then you go to the Toro and you're like, ah, the Toro, it was like, it was just too peppery or it was too strong or it didn't have the same complaint. It didn't have the same transition. It, it, like that, that's an issue. Now, still, even if you only have three sizes, that could be an issue. But I would say that it gets more challenging the more sizes you have. 
And if you start to smoke through every different size of Vitola that's available, you'll see a lot more of a change because there's just so many different ways that that blend is being thrown around. So you get that too. Now, if you're someone who, you know, you stick to one size in that line and that's all you smoke and that's what you like, that's one thing. But if you're someone who really likes to bounce around different sizes all the time, but you like to stick with the same blend, you're going to notice some sort of inconsistencies here and there. Here's where it gets a little tricky too, is let's say you come out with three sizes and you've had those three sizes. Um, and then you come out with a fourth size, maybe a couple of years later. Um, the problem is sometimes with that four size is sometimes if you maybe haven't smoked that cigar since it first came out, which is a lot of us being in the what's new phase, right? Maybe we smoke it when we don't go to it. And then when the line extension comes out in three or four years, we smoke it and ah, it's not the same, right? Um, it could have something to do with the size of the Vitola, but it also could have to do with the vintage of the tobacco that's being used. Oh. Uh, and yeah, so. You know, and I've, and I've now spoken to several manufacturers that sometimes they say, you know, sometimes those bales of tobacco, there, there is a more limited leaf and they have to substitute something else in there. And that's where you get to the consistency problems, obviously. Um, but that's that's what I tend to see sometimes happen is when that four size happens, it just it's underwhelming a lot of times right. uh, with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I for me, it's it's not like an, it's not something that really bothers me. You know, like if I, I go into a store and they have like a lot of whatever, I'm like, okay, where? Like, it, it's not something that generally bothers me, um, it, but it's just something that I picked up on. And I'm like, oh, you know, there's some people who got a lot of sizes and, you know, it, it's, it's an interesting thought process, you know, especially when you think about or, you know, you know, how cigars come to be, how they're blended, how they're put together. And then, you know, you branch off of that with all different sizes, you know, and I would say, a lot of it also kind of depends on who's making it too. Like there are some brands who are better with this than others, just in the way that they do this, or they add sizes or just like perfect example, someone like Fuente, right? Look at how, like how many sizes of Opus X are there? The, the standard Opus line, not like Angel Sharon, like the standard Fuente Fuente Opus X. How many sizes are there? It's not, a, there's not a lot. It's, a, I want to say five or six. Uh, there's, there's a good amount. I mean, they there's, have, more than, there's more than, I'm just thinking of the regular production stuff, I guess. But yeah, I mean, you have like Magnum O, you have Triple X Bellicoso, the number yeah, five, so. Reserva de Chateau, Super Bellicoso, Perfection number two. Yeah, you're right. Um, it's more than I thought. You have Petit Lancero, Lancero, the A. You have, I mean, like you can get into all of them. I mean, you have Love Affair. You know, the list goes on. And so, like, there's a lot of them. Now, the thing with stuff like that is, you know, it's Opus. People are going to buy it. You know, if you're a Fuente guy, if you're Opus guy, you're going to buy it. You don't give it, you don't give a rat's ass, like, how many sizes they have or what you're buying it because it's Opus. Now, the same can kind of be said about someone like Atabe, who's also in that, like, ultra premium realm, really high end. Um, but when it comes to a more like a standard production cigar, uh, maybe it doesn't have the rarity. Or it doesn't have like it, it's something that's generally available. I feel like that's where you're gonna see people being kind of like, eh, like I'm gonna pick the one that I like because like it, 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 there's nothing like oh I gotta have it just because like of what it is, um, and that's where I feel like a lot of it you'll see a little different. You know what I mean? Because like I said, you're gonna have stuff that people are just gonna grab because they just want to grab it and it's hard to find as it is. It's like oh I'll just take what I can get, versus something that's like well it's all generally available so. 
I don't feel like the need to have all the sizes. Uh, I'm going to pick the one that I like. So I feel like that is also going to play into kind of how certain brands with a larger portfolio will sell against other ones. Um, I would say based on availability, you know, someone like Pete Johnson, who does a lot of like limited edition, one-offs, crazy stuff. Like, like, yeah, like that's, oh, well, we got to have that size. Cause you know, it's, it's, it's a new thing that Pete did and you know, but like if Perdomo, if the 20th anniversary sun grown was available in 15 sizes, I'm going to bet you that it would not be the same as some other brands. Would you say that's the same? Would you say that's true? Yeah, I, I agree. So I think that kind of plays into it too. Um, in terms of like who's making it and what it is, but I mean, I, I mean, I, I guess I digress on this one. Uh, Atabe is strange. <laughs> Atabe is a strange one though, because if you look at the sizes here, um, and you're right, this I see twelve is what I'm looking at here. Um, some of those sizes are 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 sl- subtle changes. Um, so if you look at like the Brujos, it's a fifty-two by five, right? Uh, then you go to the Sabios, which is a fifty-two and a six. Uh, a five and a quarter. Although yeah. that one comes in a tube, right? That comes in a cedar tube. Um, so a lot of these don't have big, big changes in terms of the ring gauge or the length, right? But I can find, like I could tell you, the Sabio smokes ex- very different than the Brujos. Mm. Uh, because I think that tube with the cedar lining is doing something to it, right? Right. Uh, and it's a slightly different size. So they will smoke slightly different is what, I, what I'll say. Um you know, but but again, you know, if you're trying to land that cigar in the consumer's hands, you know what? Maybe they'll just say, "I'll go for that slightly longer cigar," um, just because I can get a little more out of it. But they may not realize it's it's different, right? You know, and it's uh, I guess that's just kind of the game they play too. I mean, it's just you try to find ways to make them different in like yeah. little ways. Yeah. Um. So you get that into it too. Yeah. Um. I think, and again, you know, Atabay, we, we threw that around a lot because it's a good example. Yeah. But I also want to stress this too. Like, in no way do I think that they have too many sizes and that they need to cut down or anything like that. Again, I think Atabay is one of the brands that can kind of get away with it because of because of its upscale, smaller production, you know, system. Um, it's it's such a good quality cigar. I mean. My favorite is probably going to be the Misty Coast, the yeah, that's, uh, that's nice size. Delirios, and the Spiritus. Uh, those are probably my three favorites. Um, you know, not that the I mean, I've had a, a most, I don't think I've had every single one, I've had most of them, uh, and they're all pretty good in their own way. Uh, they have some really small ones like the uh. Trying to hit cheesos is like yeah a, that I, so I was I was thinking on the pronunciation <laughs> yeah I don't know if I said it right but yeah let's just go with it um so you said it not me so if it's wrong it's on you exactly uh, <laughs> but yeah like I had that one and like it was okay I'm not really into small cigars anyway so I have a little bit of a bias there because if it's if it's small right. I'm like mm. right. so but I mean you know I the only thing is too is like once you already have that many sizes, once you once you want to like add to that line, it's very difficult to do so because then you're just making it even bigger and bigger. Unless you take something away and replace it with something different, um, you know. And then you have the whole Figurado, which, and then you want to start doing Figurado. I mean, there's an infinite amount of Figurados you could do. 
I right. mean, look at look at what like you know Fuente has done with some of their crazier yep. stuff. They got all sorts of different shapes and sizes and mm-hmm. you know crazy stuff like like today. I it went uh, there was an announcement that uh they're gonna be coming out with the uh, El Scorpion. Yep, I see. You sent me that. Yep, which is pretty cool. It's got a nice little pointed uh, tip on the cap. Um, really cool. But you know, so again, yeah, I mean. There's only so much, I guess, you could say about how many sizes someone can have. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you know, it, you know, I, I agree. I kind of what I like about Opus X is, you know, there's some really cool sizes they come out with. True. Uh, right. Very true. Uh, yeah, I, I kind of, you know, they're they're unique sizes. So, you know, I know at the show we saw the Oliva 135th, Series V 135th, and it's kind of like a reverse torpedo. It's, it's you have a rounded cap, but you have a tapered foot. Hmm. So, you know, I've seen other companies do it. It's not a common size, but that's something, you know what? I'm really, that's something I want to smoke, obviously. I want to see, I want to smoke that Serie V in that size. Because uh, I'm really curious to see what it's going to do um, with that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's all cool stuff. I, I I'm, yeah, I, you know, there's people out there who will be like, oh. That stuff's just stupid. I like it. So, no, I mean, it, it, <laughs> that's <know>. me. <laughs> There's a lot of Fuente haters, but I, I like it. So. You know, it's kind of <laughs> interesting because I've been really down on the limited edition market in the last few years. Yeah. And I'm even more down on the shop exclusive market. Yeah. Um, and if I was a store owner, right, I if I had a choice of getting a shop exclusive, do I get a blend from scratch or do I get the size? I get I take the size every time of something that's tried and true. Hmm. All right. That's what I would do. I would go with something that's tried and true that I know sells, that I know is a very good blend. And I try to see if I can get a, a unique size, you know. And if you have a land, I mean, I'm not a Lancero guy. I say a lot of people go to Lancero route. Maybe if you have a Lancero customer base, maybe that's something you do. Um, but that's how I, I mean, I get a little more excited about that than someone who because I know these blends that are LEs or they're pulling them out of the factory. We all know that. The things have been sitting in the factory for a while. They're just alternate blends and something like that. So, so I'd rather have something that's tried and true. And um, I think it's a great way also to, if you go that route and you have success with it, right, then you could take it national. And I see who still a rower does that a lot. Like, for example, Jay Davis got the Cameroon, Aladino Cameroon Lancero first before everyone else. And it was a great line extension off that Aladino Cameroon. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Jay had the window for it and, who so then took it national and right. you know so that's a great way to kind of build some build some interest and build some anticipation with it and see see how it plays you know um and obviously it, it didn't well enough well who said i'm going to take that thing national now one of the other things that we were going to get into tonight was uh humidity now this has been a topic that a lot of people have asked me about yeah and um you know especially when you're a newer cigar smoker uh you tend to i don't want to say overthink i think people like who are getting into cigars and keeping their own they just don't know and they want to make sure that they're not doing the wrong thing but people get really bent on humidity yeah humidity now we can cover kind of like tips for new people and kind of maybe even just some tips for people who are experienced to just you know maybe have their own strategy and maybe can be approved on but one of the things I would say is, you know, whether you have a, a, a tabletop humidor 
um, you know, the, the standard box or whatever, or you have the, the full cabinets, you know, like I have and um, yeah. Coop, I think you, you have like some half cabinets. I have two half cabinets that I, yeah. yeah. And then you have a full size cabinet, right? I don't have a full size one. Oh, okay. I have, I have two very big, like they're, they're not full, but they're, they're big is what I'll say. They, they each hold about 300 cigars. So Nicole and I each have one of the tall stand-up cabinets. We have a small half cab and then we have some various, you know, box humidors, which are kind of manufacturer specific for some certain things. Um, so whether you, whether you have one of the, or even another popular one is the coolers. The uh, the cigar coolers that people have. Yep. Um, and we can kind of get into those a little bit. Um, but no matter what you have, you know, humidity is important. You want to keep your cigars fresh. You want to keep them at the right percentage. You want to keep you want to keep the temperature at the right. Temperature is even more important. In a lot and of ways. and yeah. I feel and I and you're right. And I feel like a lot of people kind of overlook the temperature because they're too hell bent on like, Oh my God, am I at 65 or 62 or, Oh, I'm at 59. I'm in trouble. Or, Oh my God, it's at 78. Uh, and they're not even thinking like, well, I, where do you keep your humidor? Well, I keep it in like my four seasons room and it's like 80 degrees out there, but that's fine because my humidity is good. It's like, well, no, I mean, you don't oh. want to keep them in a, in a high heat area. Um, no, no, definitely not. So one, I guess we can kind of start here. So, for your for in your situation, uh-huh. uh huh, in your cabinets that you have, you were using Cigar Oasis, yes, for a, for a while, and I know that you had some issues with that system, and you've recently switched to a new system. Um, how has that been? And tell uh, us and tell us why you were having issues. I mean, I already know about it, but for the audience listening at home, tell me a little bit, or tell them really, you know, kind of what issues you were having. Well, there were some issues in terms of, um, I just, they used the cartridges. I was replacing the cartridges quite a bit more than I should have. Um, I'll be honest. I went to Hydra with quality importers because um, we've had a better relationship as a company with them, as hmm. a media brand with them. So I'm being very transparent on that. But but there have been a couple of issues where I got, I got, I think I told you, I got mold on the Scar Oasis. Yes. The mold, the mold should not happen on these things, right? I got then, it too. Yeah, with with the, with the green, and that was really kind of a lot of the driving force there with it. Um, I mean, there's you could put the indicators on when the water when the when the when it needs more water and stuff. Um, I mean, but in general, I just I just wasn't happy with like I said when I got once I had the mold issue, and there's no reason why I should have had mold at all with with these units. I mean, the way they're taken care of. Um. So, like I said, I went to the Hydro units right now. So, I just really started that process right now uh, going. So, it's hard to say, you know, if that's going to be a good move or not. Um, I have, just so you know, um, I have two Hydro units running. I have Hydro units running in the, um, the two, the two uh, upright humidors. Yep. And one of them is the review humidor. Uh, so, that's the one that is any cigar that's getting reviewed is goes into that humidor and that humidor only. Um, then the other one's a personal one. And then there's a bunch of excess stuff that I use cool test tops and human and tabletops for with that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I all, there's a, you know, so I use that now there's a few tips I'll recommend. I'll still throw a Boveda pack into those, those uprights, a couple of Boveda packs in. They're not going to over humidify it, but it kind of gives me a, no, uh, you know, 
I could throw a bowl. If it's, if it's working perfectly, that bowl bit of pack probably won't dry out for a year. Right. Correct. If it dries out quicker, then you know something's not right in that humidor. Right. right. The other thing is the key thing is, and this is really important. You have to inspect your cigars that are in there. Um, that's ultimately going to be, you know, calibration is a, a pain in the ass with these things as well. Um, so even with its reading, sometimes it may not be calibrated. Right. So ultimately when you go and touch those cigars, you'll know right away if, if they're, if they're properly humidified or not. Right. I mean, and I'll say the cigar races did a good job for the most part, except for the mold issue. And like I said, because from a business reason, I just decided to switch. But so uh, I had, so, so I was using the, the smaller, um, cigar oasis unit in my, in my, uh, my smaller cabinet. Yep. Um, and I had a lot of issues with that and I got the mold and all that. And I took it out for the summer and just throw some bovidas in there, but it's, you know, humidity has been okay. Um, inside the humidor, I'll probably revisit that going back into the winter. The two big cabinets we have in my cabinet, I have the Oasis Magma 3.0, which is run great. Right. That's the one that I've used those. Those are the ones I've used. And then in Nicole's cabinet, we had a, a first edition Magma. And that one had some issues with it because, and this is where you really have to pay attention and kind of know how these systems should work, especially if you have like a cabinet where you're using a unit that's large and holds so much water. Uh, Cause those things hold about half a gallon of water. So hers for whatever reason, and it's not just because of how it was placed and all that. Like I know people will say that we, we I, I, I experimented with it and played with it a lot and tried to shake it out. But that unit, you know, compared to its, its newer younger brother, which works perfectly and fine. It just would seem to, it would always, it would reach its humidity. It would read its set humidity, but it would always just continue to run and run and run and run. And we got into a point where there was just extra, you know, moisture accumulating in, in corners of the cabinet and then mold would begin to grow. And then I'd have to take it all out and clean it and sterilize it and put everything back. Um, and we actually removed that unit and we're not using it right now. Uh, and I'll probably just replace it with a newer, you know, magnus. I wonder if it just, yeah, it could have mouth. It could have been a point. It's older and it malfunctioned finally. True. Yeah. True. Um, although it was brand new when we installed it. Last right. It could, it, it could be. Yeah, it could be. The, definitely could have been a defect in it, but could have been defective. But I would say regardless of defect or not, it's just one of those things where you got to pay attention because I know there are some people out there who be like, well, it's running, so it's fine. True. No. But it also shouldn't run excessively. It shouldn't run excessively all day, especially those two cabinets sit side by side and they're both set at the same. Ex setting. That's they're, how it's going. That's how those I have two it. cabinets are, 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 are programmed and set to run identically. And when the one on the right is running every so often and the other one is running constantly, you have a problem there because it's the same yep. cabinet, but the same load in it. They're both probably about 75% capacity and one unit's always running and the other one's, you know, it, it tops off and that's how it really should run. It should just kind of top off, especially if you're not opening the door all the time. Um, so it, it's just, it's, it's little things like that to keep an eye on too. I mean, it's one thing to just stick a unit there and walk away. Um, but make sure you keep an eye on that and always inspect your humidors too. 
because you could get mold somewhere and it could be real small that maybe you won't notice it. Right. It can be all, it can be like the, the fuzzy gray, green, white looking mold. It could be the little black specks in the wood. That's mold too. Um, you know, the right, the right, you know, if you, if you're looking at the right stuff, you know, and that will spread. And if you don't notice it and it spreads and maybe you don't smoke all the time, maybe you don't open that humidor like every, every, every day or every week, you know, and it sits there and it grows. And then like after a couple of weeks, you know, you're like, Oh, I feel like having a cigar this weekend. And you open your humidor up and you can have mold. When you have and... reservoirs too, you have to change that water too. Oh yeah. Yeah. You have to change. If you're using a reservoir, if you don't change that water, you're going to get mold. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things where like I'll, I'll, especially in the summertime, I mean, those units don't really run just because it's generally humid as it is. Uh, you know, in the wintertime up here in new England, I mean, they crank, they crank cause it does get so dry and so cold. Uh, I got to top those things up probably once a week. Um, in the summertime, I don't, I don't think I, 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 I probably haven't topped that thing up in a couple of weeks. Probably not since like I went to Vegas. I think I topped up before I left just so that it was full case, you know, and I think it's still like still pretty. There's still a good amount of water in there. So, you know, it's not something that I uh, I need to do all the time, especially in the summertime, but just things to be aware of. Um, another thing that people ask me a lot of time, and I know that there's differing opinions on this, and that is when you get a new humidor, do you wipe it down? with water to season it. I do, but I know I, people will kill me over that. I don't. I do, but I don't go crazy about it. Okay. Either. I give it, I give it a wipe and then, uh, you know, once and I kind of just feel, well, I, I clean it and it just gets a little bit of, of water in it, but I don't go overboard with it. That was one of the things I started doing when I first started and I had, you know, my first few box humidors. And just kind of as I, you know, progress through the game, uh, it's one of those things where I, I, I asked a lot of people like, you know, hey, like this is what I've been doing, you know, my last few humidors, like what do you do? And people are like, no, 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 and no, no, no. And I started to kind of look into it and I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess it's opinion based. Some people tell you it's science based, but, you know, the biggest argument with doing so is, you know, putting the moisture directly onto the wood, which is causes mold to grow easier. I would say that's true if you do that in conjunction with poor humidity control and you're feeding, you're feeding more easy, easier mold to grow. Um, I don't do it just because I just don't feel the need to. I'll just season it you know, with humidity control and be done with it. Um, but again, that, and that's just my feeling. And it's, uh, I give it one to clean the surface is what I do. Um, just, I don't know, especially if it's brand new, I don't know what that wood's been. It kind of at least gives it, that's why I said, out. I'll do it. I'll do it like one time. And then I'll go through the normal seasoning methods after that. Right. Um, it, it's kind of one, but I, I've, uh, you know, I, I've, I know people do it the uh, more, they'll go and do several iterations of it. I'll do one iteration of it. Um, you know, just again, if there's anything on there, you can get some of those impurities off too. You know, just, just kind of giving it, giving it a clean with some distilled water. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, but, you know, at the end of the day, look, you know, when it comes to humidors and, and humidity control, uh, there's no perfect answer. There's things that you definitely shouldn't do and things you should do. Um, and I would say as, as long as you pay attention, no matter and again, no matter what kind of humidor it is, uh, as long as you pay attention to uh, the condition of the cigars that are inside, um, you thoroughly inspect it on a somewhat regular basis for mold and uh, anything else that could grow in there and keep, and keep it, you know, and keep it in a, a relatively cool environment. It doesn't have to be cold, but don't put it in a hot environment. Um, and just stay consistent with whatever humidity control you're using. Uh, you, you should be good. That's um, why the review cigars go in one humidor. Cause I give it the most inspections on that. And that personal one's the other one. Right. Um, then there's like the excess. I've not had good luck with the temperature controls once for whatever reason, the coolers, uh, the, the, one, the ones that have, yeah, the electronic ones. Yeah. Uh, I have one that's a, that's actually an electronic unit and it, um, it regulates temperature, but I find it regulates it no matter what I do. It, the, the, it seems to regulate it too cool. And yeah, so I get the right humidity, but the, the temperature is like 60 degrees for some reason. Uh, the, the units I was using, which were the Adus, uh, I stopped using them because I don't think they, I stopped using the temperature control because it was drying out the cigars, even though the humidity was right. Right. Um, so you want to be careful when you put it in a cool room too, that uh, for whatever reason it was kicking in that, 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 that cooling system was kicking in way too much for me. Uh, and it started to dry some cigars out a bit. Um, so now it's an excess humidor. I don't even, you know, do it for anything else right now. Yeah. So, I mean, good stuff, important stuff. And yeah. I hope that helps people out there who are, who are listening. It's a very um, easy thing. The Monday morning quarterback to humidity control. I'll say that everyone seems right. to know the answer. It's not an exact science. Like I said, that's why I go back and inspect your cigars is the most important thing you can do. Yeah. I mean, an experienced cigar smoker too. I mean, when you pick up a cigar, and you look at it and you give it the light squeeze and you feel it, you'll know. Right. Uh, and that, and that, and that's, you know, if you're a newer smoker and, and, and you can't do that, don't feel bad. You know, it's something you'll learn. You'll learn the, what a cigar should feel and, yeah. and look like um, in, in, in good, you know, conditions. Yeah. And you'll learn what a dry cigar looks like, what a wet cigar looks like. Yeah. Um, it, and it's, it, it's not rocket science, but it's something that you'll figure out. And that also is, Another way you should be checking to see yep. if you get too much or too little of uh, humidity and moisture inside. Yeah. 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 Um, the, the great advice I'll give to someone is when you buy a cigar from your shop or if you get it, you know, shipped here, but uh, inspect it and then just kind of make a mental note of how it's the, how it's holding in your hand and the texture. And then hopefully check it over the next week, a couple of weeks and see if it just holds that. And, and you'll know if it's starting to dry out or not. And there are Absolutely. things you could do to check the humidity of the cigars, too. Um, there is a device out there. I haven't implemented one of those. I'm thinking at some point I might, though. Yeah, I've seen them. I believe they're called. Uh, humimeters or something like that. I want to I want to say Nelson, who's working with you now, was yeah. playing with one of those at one time. I thought I saw a video of him doing that. Yeah, he's watching. I, so, Nelson, just tell me what it is. Yeah, and, and I, I was really intrigued. I saw that him using that video. I said, I want to get one of these just to try it out myself. Yeah, I'd um, be curious to see how accurate And I may be wrong. And hopefully, I'm not speaking wrong, but I think he, I think it was him where I saw him doing it. I'm like, this is pretty cool. Yeah. And if I'm wrong, Nelson, I'm sorry. 
when I throw it, I want to give him the credit because I think it's a pretty cool device. I'd really like to kind of play with that over time with my cigars and really get a feel for what's going on inside that cigar. Jay Davis, the Humimed unit is pretty good. I think that's what it is. Um, it sounds about right. Um, but anyway, so moving on to other topics, I wanted to get to tonight. Uh, a lot of people have heard the news, and you can read about it at SmokingTobacco.com, is Drew Estate has announced that the rest of their 2021 in-person events, including DE25, all of the barn smoker events, as well as all of their in-store events, have been um, canceled. Yep. Now, obviously, and because of the current rising cases and conditions of the Delta variant of the coronavirus. Um, now, a little bit of a shocker, uh, I think, for a lot of people. There's a lot of people who I think were frustrated that it was done so soon to there's there was a Connecticut barn smoker that Nicole and I were scheduled to be at next weekend. Uh Um, So I feel like there's a lot of people who are frustrated over that. Um, My thought on this, I don't think this was a Drew Estate decision. I think this was a Swisher International decision. It could be. It could have come from above. Um, I, I, based on some conversations I had with people, um, and uh, just some some people I ran into today and talked to, and other people I've talked to in the last couple of days, I feel like it. That is a a huge possibility that this wasn't a Drew Estate decision. It was a Swisher International decision. Um, it's an interesting decision. You know, you can't you can't really knock anyone like i i get it it's kind of disappointing not only because like you know all like there's events that like we're all like not going to go to this year now that we were excited for but it's also like in the in the bigger picture it's like well are we really in a position where now we're going back to canceling events you know i thought we thought we everyone kind of thought we were getting past this and things were getting better and it's like now it almost feels like we're doing two steps back again that's disappointing you know just not just for the cigars or drew estate themselves just the the idea of oh are we at this point um so there's that uh but yeah I, I felt like a lot of people were really frustrated with uh how close the barn smoker the connecticut barn smoker that it was canceled uh what's your thought on that coop i got a lot of thoughts on this one um so let me give you a little, first i'll give you what i think like, what i know and then i'll give you my thoughts on this Okay. So as early as as I say, as late as last weekend, I was talking with Joe from Drew Estate yeah. on a lot of logistical stuff we were gonna do for the for D twenty five. Um, we were we were gonna do like this wasn't just gonna be something where we were hanging out. Like we you were, were going, doing, you were you were going to D twenty five. We were going to D twenty five, and we were we were we were gonna be doing media work there. Okay. okay. There was there was a lot of setups. Uh, we were talking about equipment. I was talking to Joe about who was going from my team. Um, and what the roles were going to be and what equipment we would need because there were going to be some interviews lined up. There is some product stuff that we're going to be showcasing. This was, uh, this was Sunday. This was last Sunday when I had that conversation with Joe. Yeah. Um, I don't think he knew. And if he did know, he plays a great game of poker, as I'll just tell you. Um, but I wouldn't blame him, you know, because, you know, and I asked him the question about what was going on. And he's, you know, they're monitoring it, obviously. So I think some sort of a decision was made. 
after that. Um, I was surprised when the decision came out because of Connecticut Barn Smoker being as close as they did. Um, now I'm going to say something that's unpopular. Thank goodness Drew Estate did what they did. Uh, I, I think they were responsible to make this decision. Uh, they don't want anything on it. Look, I'm the, I, I remember like, you know, when we had snowstorms, like when I was living in New Jersey, mm-hmm. I, I hated it that people would just panic over a snowstorm and cancel things, right? However, there are lives being hit with this. There are people really getting sick. Um, you know, I, I did lose one friend over this. I have had several people very sick uh, in the hospital. I mean, Jose Blanco. I thought it was a very responsible decision. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I would wish more of these events would take the lead. I hate it. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to see this happen, right? But w- w- this is something we're dealing with. We're dealing with something very serious right now. Right. What, what I've seen, you. though. Here's what I've seen, though. There's two types of ways these events have been getting canceled, if you've noticed. This cancellation number one is someone says, you know what? We don't want to take any chances. We're really concerned about health and safety. Um, and we don't want to put people in a position with it, you know, in, in a difficult position. Um, and we're going to cancel the event. And in Drew State, they issued refunds. They did what they needed to do. Unfortunately, some people may travel. And that was that was a rough one, unfortunately, that they're going to have to swallow. But then there's this other way I've seen the events canceled where they blame. Oh, we would. Well, because the state wouldn't allow us to have uh, people, X number of people there, we're canceling the event. Or because we, you know, they want us to wear masks, we're canceling the event. To me, that's like, well, we were going through the event no matter what the fuck, right? I have more of a problem with that second scenario. I really do. Because I want to make sure that people, I, I really, I take, I take it seriously that there was um, a real concern for people's safety um, and health in these things. And I think Drew Estate, whether it came from Swiss or Drew Estate is immaterial to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think they'll do the right thing down the road. Um, you know, unfortunately the travel thing was tough for a lot of people and because they did spend money on, on, on plane tickets and stuff. And a lot of people did lose money over this. Right. And, uh, I think it was very responsible through state said, we're not, we're not going to hold your money. We're giving you your money back right away. The travel things are the story. Um, but I don't think, I don't, I know, I know this company long enough to know that this decision was not made willy nilly either. There was a lot, they were investing so much time and effort into this event. And the same thing with the barn smoker programs. Absolutely. So that's kind of like my read on it. And I know people don't agree with me on that, but, um, I, you know, but that's my feeling. I think it was a responsible move that they did. Uh, it was a painful move. I, I didn't like it. Don't get me wrong. But uh, we may still go to Texas, actually, by the way, just as a team, because we have two guys down there. So we may still be getting together as a team in Texas that week. Just so folks No, but we won't be in a big you know, we rented a house there and everything. So I think we may just kind of do some team building stuff. Uh, we're going to monitor the situation and we'll make a decision a week or two beforehand. I mean, I, I, I reached out to Joe Grow uh, when the news came out, you mm-hmm. know, just saying like, hey, like got the news. Uh, it sucks, you know, and I, and, you know, and for the employees, like I, I feel for them, too, because, you know, it first of all, it's not an easy decision. It's, a bit, um, yeah. you know, it could have been, you know, something like above his level or whatever. Um, that where it was made and then that has you know effects on him and everyone's looking at him like oh you're an asshole you canceled the thing a week before or like whoa and it's like it's not his fault no he's doing he's yeah. doing his job he's doing um, his job yeah you know what i mean and, and, and it's tough you know it's tough to face backlash it's tough to make a tough decision to cancel all these events 
you know, and, and then it's tough to pivot and try to, you know, reschedule, replan, move and, and all this and answer everybody's questions. And like, when am I going to get it? And it's like, I get it. Um, you know, and I just, I kind of felt like, you know, and I feel like this is kind of like a second blow. Um, a lot of people at Drew Estate, but like people like Joe specifically, who I know kind of deal with, because if, you know, a couple of weeks ago, we dealt with the, uh, the comments that were made at PCA, not to get back into PCA, but, uh, you know, with the whole irrelevant thing. And I remember Joe was kind of upset about that, you know, posting about like, oh, so I guess I'm irrelevant. And it's like, that's where like, you know, for example, like those comments, you know, they, you attack people like, you know, Joe Gro. maybe it wasn't directed at him, but you know, it makes people like him, an employee who works for that company go like, well, like, am I just like, like, it wasn't my choice. I didn't do this. You know, I'm just doing my job. Um, so it's had a tough couple of weeks. <laughs> you know, I don't been watching uh, some of the Drew estate groups on Facebook. People, uh, not everybody, you know, a lot of people are good about uh, it, people, but, I didn't, but, I but there was people who were all like fired up about it and like saying stuff. And I see had Joe's on there, like trying to like put the fire out be like, Hey, like, you know, listen, like this is a sticky situation. And like, you know, we, we're trying to make the best move and we're trying to do what's best for uh, everyone involved. And I get that. And I support that too. Um, that poor guy, though. I mean, he's no, I, now I'm gonna be honest. This is the only thing, and I haven't talked to Joe about this. And Joe's one of the best guys I know out there, uh, in the media. He's great. Oh, he's uh, amazing. He really, he really cares. And he, by the way, Drew State, there's no company, it's hard to find a company that treats their employees better than Drew State. Okay, mm. they really do care about their people, they promote their people. The only thing I might have done was had Glenn and JD make the announcement on a video. I, I think that would have been the only thing I would have done. Okay, um, why maybe because I think. Well, first of all, I think it would have made it. I think it would have just made a strong statement on it. Like, they're, they're, not that, 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 that I think the press release they did was great, but I think it would have made a, a stronger statement. Like, you know, basically, I think they care. I think they really care about people and their employees, and that's why they didn't want to do this. Right. So, but I don't think it was a, I don't think they blundered by not doing that either. I just think it would have maybe strengthened it a little more, softened it a little more. Mm-hmm. So maybe guys like Joe aren't taking hits or any of the reps aren't taking hits. Or right. something like that. But I don't think it was a blunder by any means. Uh, I think it was a good press release that they did. They still had a quote from Glenn Wolfson, who's the CEO. He's he's JD's boss. And he's kind of the conduit into Swisher, I guess, too. Um, so, I mean, I, I look at I look at it like that. But, you know, you had it. They had to think of their employees on this thing, too. That was an important thing to know. They had to really think of their employees. They, they, they have a large amount of employees. It's not like uh, a cigar company has got two or three employees. You know, they got a large amount of employees to consider. Um, and mm-hmm. they got to consider that, you know, that's why they didn't go to TPE this year. It wasn't because they had a problem with TPE. They just didn't feel in a good position to put their employees in, into that situation yet. As did uh, Cigar Aficionado. Which they people. got beat up over. And I defend Cigar Aficionado for sticking to their guns on that. Right. Um, I, now, I get on the companies. Hey, you should be supporting the media that did go. Right. But, you know, that's another story. Right. Right. But um, which they I don't feel they they they've done very well, and we that's a whole spare notes show we could get into. Um, it will be, but you know, again, <laughs> but I work I work for a company that had we had some pretty strict protocols as well for traveling. So I totally understand what Cigar Aficionado was, was going through, and I I applaud them for taking care of their employees as well too. Yeah, you know, it's again, it's it's never easy. You know, I would say the, the, the next part of this conversation is, you know, you, you look towards the future. Um, d- is this the first domino to fall in a series of events? I mean, we have Rocky Mountain Cigar Festival. I feel bad up. for those guys. It's the second year in a row. 
Now, the question is, I mean, the companies may pull out. If the companies start pulling out of these things, I don't think, you know, I don't think they can, you know. Still go with it, yeah. I mean, they could, yeah. I mean, they could say, we'll send you the cigars, right? And live up to that part. But, but if they start pulling out of that and the big smoke, and Cigar Fest, which are probably the three events everyone's looking at right now. Um, that's where those events could end up. The dominoes could fall by by force of hand there. Mm-hmm. My, Matt, my feeling from talking to a lot of people at the trade show, despite the fact there's this mentality that the cigar industry is a little bit of a cowboy mentality in terms of uh, dealing with COVID, like they don't like I talked to a lot of manufacturers. They really care about their employees with, with COVID. And a mm. lot of them just didn't want to take large employees out just for that reason. And not hate. even, and not yeah. even just like the reps and the salespeople, but even the people back in like the Dominican or Honduras or Nicaragua yeah. in the, in the factories. Right. They you know have to I mean? try. Yeah. Or some, yeah. There's some people who travel to these events. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, there were a few names that weren't at the trade show this year. And I could tell you, I don't want to, this is something I can't name names because I was so confident that they didn't travel because of COVID. I could tell you that, that I was told this off the record and um, not a lot, but there were, there were a couple is what I'll say. Right. So, so yeah, I, you know, I can't blame them. Which honestly is, is fair. I think yeah. that's fair. If, that, if, that, if as a company you sat around and you talked about it and said, look, you know what? Uh, let's, let's not do it. I don't want to go still too fresh i get it you know i get it i get it too get i mean it. you have other people to think about you know you prometheus know. didn't go to the trade show because of liability issues they had in the state of california where they're based out of mm-hmm. they wanted to go but there was some liability issues and they didn't want to have a problem if someone got sick because then you know and that gets into a whole political debate you know what if there should be liability i get it but that was their reason for not going right and you know as a when you're when you're a business or a company, you know, and you're sending people to travel for work, it's different than an individual's decision. Like if if I decide not to go somewhere on my own for my own thing, that's one thing. But when you're a company and you say, "All right, we're gonna send you to, you know, wherever halfway across the country, you're gonna do this event," you know, it puts people in a tough place because they either a they're like, you know what? No, I don't want to go. And then, you know, that's kind of like going yeah. against what they're being asked of. And then, you know, whether the company's supportive or not is a separate issue or people don't say anything because they're too afraid to right. say something. And then right. they go and they're uncomfortable and they feel like the company doesn't have their back. And then, then they get sick. They go, well, you know, you sent me on this trip and I got it. And now I'm in the hospital. And it's like, I get that too. So as a company, you have to think like, you know, it's not just about like what we want and stuff. Like we're sending people out on the road across the country to travel who maybe don't feel comfortable for very personal reasons. Not just because like, well, I don't want to travel because yeah. like, no, like I don't want to travel for, for health reasons. You got to take that into consideration. You can't hold that against people either. I get that. No, you know? I mean, uh, Loomis, Bear and myself, we were wearing masks uh when we were walking through the casinos mm-hmm. we were i mean um and you know that was our choice that we did that um other people didn't i'm, I'm not judging again um but you know i'll be honest i would have felt a little more comfortable with the tp rules that you had to wear a mask <laughs> i'm gonna mm-hmm. be honest with you i would have felt more comfortable 
but I understand. Look, I understand. I tell people I'm a little more of the extreme case because I've had a battle with infectious disease and it's 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 bad and I don't wish it on anybody. So right. I'm being very careful. Uh, I have two trips coming up that I don't know, like I'm a little nervous about, but I'm taking both of these trips right now. They're coming this month. So um, I got to I hope, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to just take all the precautions necessary. I am vaccinated, so. Um, that's the best you can do i mean you know you gotta make your own decisions there's, there's uh, part you know yeah i mean and i could get into that as well i committed to a couple of things and i feel like i gotta stick through the commitment right now i get it so, yeah 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 uh but without you know without kind of going down the rabbit hole with the, the covid stuff on its own um that's what's going on with drew estate and uh if you want to read about more info on that you can over to smoking tobacco.com you can read the official uh press announcement has all the information on kind of what's been canceled, what the plan is and all that going forward. Yep. Um, let's see. The other thing that was on the list is uh, it's more of an accessories thing. Now it's something up here in the Northeast. I don't see a lot of, and I've talked to some, right. I actually came up in conversation today, uh, but in parts of the country, it's very popular. So for, for me, it's a little like, I'm not knocking it. It's just something that I'm don't really like, see a lot of because it's just not something that happens up here it's the cigar pokers now or the nub tools uh, to me i find it very peculiar and it's again it's just people up here i i don't see it a lot um and people i know don't use them but in other parts of the country like everyone's got one they nub every cigar is this have you used one of those is this i don't think this is something that you do What's um your, when you say nub, it like the roach clip kind of thing. Yeah, like like the like the like the little little picks, and a lot of people have usually have. Oh, like, okay, the pick we poke in it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Never use them. Uh, first of all, um, with a review, I think it I think it damages the integrity of the review. Uh, the cigar is hand rolled, and it's meant to be hand rolled and smoked as is, and should have a should go through drawer testing and should have good quality with that. Um, so from a review standpoint, um, I'm not gonna touch it any of my cigars with that i get it if you're just kind of enjoying the cigar but i i just i don't know it's something about just sticking that poker and i think it's gonna i don't know if it's gonna damage oh i'm not so. talking about draw enhancement i'm just talking about well maybe we could get oh you're part. talking about poking it like this yeah i won't do it either i don't think it's meant to t i think I, I don't think the rapper is meant to be uh an incision is meant to go in the rapper like that because it it kind of changes. Are you talking about now? If it, now if it's a clip, it's a different story. That's why I asked that question. If it's a clip and I'm holding it like this, I'm okay with that. Well, that's a fair, little, well, that's a good point that you bring up but, there because there's yeah. clips and then there's the then there's the poker. The, the, I would not. I would not go with a poker at all. Also, I, I yeah, I don't think it's designed. I don't think that is all. I don't see anyone use poker, at least this way. I've sometimes seen them go that way for the draw. Yes. I've seen that. I, I've done it myself in rare circumstances where I've had something that you know i maybe only had one of and i really just wanted to get the thing yeah. to go or something that's a little yeah. pricier or rare that maybe just had a bad batch and i'm trying not to waste it because i'm like well i don't want to just ditch the whole thing uh and they, they're tricky because yeah. you know like you said before um first of all you have well, first of all you could break the cigar if you right. don't know what you're doing you you're not careful yep. you know you could come right through the side and then it's just trash and then just throw it away um, you also could change the way it burns inside. 
you know, by moving stuff around, pushing, pushing some stuff off to the side to make a gap. And then maybe that gap that you create, uh, while it's a nicer draw for you, the way the, like you mentioned, the cigars are hand rolled. So when they were rolled and they were bunched and, you know, bound and wrapped, you know, then you start, you know, messing around in there, trying to get your cigar to draw and you're moving stuff around. Maybe that changes the way the air navigates through and the way it burns. Right. And yeah, you're drawing, but now your burn is off and it's, it's burning funny. The airflow, the airflow is off. Yeah. Maybe it gets too hot and then your flavor goes away uh, and it just becomes burnt and bitter because it's got too much heat and you know, you're over, you know, you're overheating the tobaccos and, it, and it's leaving that char. Um, you know, it's, there's a lot of things that can happen with it. Yeah. Now, and I, and I don't tend to use them. And yeah. for the most part, uh, even as like a nub tool, I don't usually smoke cigars down that low. I'm roughly a band smoker. So once I get to the band, I'm like within a few minutes and I'm done. Uh, that's just how I, that's just how I feel about it. When I smoke for my own personal enjoyment, um, rare circumstances, rare circumstances, I will go like pretty far down, but that's very yeah. far and few between. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's something that came, uh, the, came the up in a conversation. Thing is okay. I think the clip thing is okay. It's like a holder that basically will let you nub it further down. So it's a little easier to hold. I think that's okay. Um, but at that point, you're not really getting much in that last, you know, half inch to inch, you know, that, you know, there's a point where the cigar is done, you know, and yeah. uh, you know, it's usually when, when you hit past that, the top of the band line, I think is, you know, you're pretty close. Uh, and ultimately, Every cigar is going to tell you when it's done, you know. That's true. That's very true. The cigar um, will tell you that, you know, you don't need anything to kind of go with that. And, and I always find it fascinating when I see people out there and they have pictures of their cigar that they were smoking. And I mean, they're like, they're like down to here. Like, and it's just ash and like, there's just this much to like unburned tobacco. Left. Yeah, it, like, it, it, you're not getting and I'm just kind of like. I get it. Like you want to yep. get the most out of it, yep. but at yep. what point does it kind of just be like, yeah, it, what's the point there? You know what I mean? Like it, it's uh, how much are you really getting out of it? By that time, I mean, that cigar, the, the flavor on that cigar is just, it's gone, you know? And cause whatever's left down here at the, at the end where the cap is, I mean, that's, that's everything that's that's pulled up towards yep. the end. And I mean, to each their own and I don't knock anyone for it. It's just something I guess I'm just trying to understand because it came up in a conversation recently and I'm like, well, I want to bring that up with Coop. Yeah, um, I, I don't understand it either is what I would say. Like I said, the only thing I see is maybe that clip is the one thing. If you really want to do it, I don't think it's a must have accessory for any cigar smoker, though. Like I, said, I think the cigar will always tell you when it's done. And inadvertently, we also kind of got into the, the whole fact of, you know, draw enhancement, which I'm I would say, again, I it's tricky. Like, and I've seen people like, you know, because I have one just to have. And I've had people be like, oh, can I use it? And I'm like, just be very careful with it. Not because I'm worried you're going to break my tool. I'm worried you're going to break your cigar. Yeah, and then you're exactly. Gonna be all bent exactly. out of shape. Yeah, it's like, because exactly. you were like, all right, just stick it in. And then like they stick it right through the side. Yeah. And then it's. Yeah, um, not, which not which good. has happened. I it's I've done it myself, and I was just like, you know, what the hell am I doing? This is stupid. No, I agree. Hmm. This cigar keeps going out. It's very wow. humid here today. It's very hot and humid. 
it's been pretty cool the last week or so, but today it was like 90 again, real yeah. humid, real sticky. Just feel it in the air. Um, so yeah, that was just my little piece on uh, cigar pokers that I wanted to get into. Yeah, that's a good one. That was a good one. I haven't ever hit that topic. That's a good topic. Those are uh, the everything there that I, I brought up was uh, all of my spare notes. Okay. Uh, are there any other spare notes of your own that you would like to bring up? Yeah. This is the place. Yeah. So I think uh, this is a little bit. We always try to uh, peel the curtain a little mm-hmm. and talk about some of the behind the scenes stuff that's going on. Right. As well to what you want to share. Mm-hmm. But I think in the last um, few weeks, we've had big changes to our organizations, um, if you may, is a bad word. Uh, we've, we've each added some new team members. Um, you know, I think I've talked a lot about Ben. Ben's come in and he did our video at the show, and now he's got Smoking Syndicate with the video reviews. So we're starting to get that piece. And I think I've talked about it. But you've kind of made some expansions on the smoking tobacco team um the last few weeks mm-hmm. um I, I what i've seen and this is and i've observed this you're trying to beef up more of the written piece mm-hmm. um so you brought in a uh, a contributor mm-hmm. and you've had some guests posting mm-hmm. and i want to see kind of get some insights in that because i think uh you did a good job with both of those things um and i, I saw nelson did the interview with um with ernesto I think mm-hmm. you guys worked real well together. Good mm-hmm. job by both of you guys. Yep. Um, Thank you. Fred, Fred, where we did the guest post, very yep. nice pet guest post. So, so talk a little about that. Like, because this is something that you, I know this is something that you originally didn't, you weren't personally going to focus on, but I think you've seen maybe an opportunity here to certainly get into this piece. Well, for me, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. And this is something we but, talk about all yeah. the time. You know, you and I kind of wear this hat as, you know, we have our own respective team or system or brand or business. Mm -hmm. And we have to kind of be in our hand has to be kind of in every cookie jar. And there's a lot to do. And I do a lot of writing myself. But, you know, a lot of times, like, I can't do everything. I can't be everywhere. And, like, I got to focus all my energy on the for me. The shows are first right now because uh-huh. they do need a lot of they need right. a lot of not that they need a lot of help. They're they're fine. They're just it's maintaining and I have to keep them going. Um, and then that takes away kind of from my time online with the written pieces. And it was just I thought of, you know, Nicole doesn't really write and I'm not going to make her do it or ask her to do it because right. it's just she has enough to do already. Um, for me, I, I try to get it in to my busy schedule. And I just, we're kind of getting to that point where we're, we're continuing to grow. Uh, and it's, it's natural. It's part of expansion. You know, it's like any other business, you know, when you start to get, you know, busier and busier and you, you need to hire more employees. Right. So for me, it was like, well, we have to bring someone else in and it had to be the right person. And uh, you know, Nelson came along and Nelson yep. was available and Nelson was, was a great pick and he's, he's someone we're really excited to have on the team. Yep. And um and he, he has done a good job. And yeah, uh, the, sorry, he did a review as well. Yep. Yeah. And that's the other thing. I've let it be known publicly. Uh huh. Um, and I even admit, too, that a lot of it has to do with the conversation I had with you um, over. I don't I decided a while ago I don't want to do reviews. And the reason for that is, is because at least at this stage in my life, with everything that I have going on and what I'm trying to you know, accomplish and build with both my 
my regular day career as well as, you know, smoking tobacco. Um, reviews is a lot of work. It's a lot of time. And it just kind of takes away from your overall smoking experience. And it's not something that I just want in my wheelhouse right now, which is fine. And that's a decision that I made. But and I just kind of left it alone. But when Nelson came along and he has a little bit of an experience with that, and I said, Well, you know, not for nothing. I'm like, you know, I, I want someone to also help write stuff for the website. But yep, if you can do reviews, that's a huge plus for me because I'd like to have reviews on smoking tobacco. It's just right now, it's not something I can commit my time to. Um, it's just difficult for me at this at this point in the game. So you know, he was open to it. And I said, sure, if you want to do reviews, get one, you know, get, get them out there. I'm, I'm totally okay with that. Um, and he has begun to do so. I believe the first one he did was the Camacho Unleashed, yep. uh, which actually I have with me tonight. Uh, for those who haven't seen it, uh, it is right Yeah, <coughs> Camacho Unleashed. Um, yep. So we, uh, so we brought him in. We have had some other, Fred Ruby wrote a piece for us, which was nice. Yep. And I told Fred anytime he wants to write for us, just write it, send it in. I'll put it up. Um, you know, there's a couple other people too who have sent me some stuff that I, I just, I haven't gotten to yet. Uh, and I apologize to those people, but that I'm going to review. And, you know, Nelson is part of the team. He's already in, he's done. But if some other people want to like write some stuff on the website too, uh, I might look at that, you know, kind of individually on certain things, depending on how, much they want to do uh, but nelson is is with us 100 part of the team so uh he will be you know doing a lot of stuff with us and he'll be even on the show from time to time as well which yep. is nice it's nice to have more people to have on the show especially with you know flexibility with you know the other two sometimes you know nicole very rarely misses a show she missed the show uh this past week because she did have stuff going on with her regular job and that you know always comes first john's not on a lot you know especially ever since you know things open back up and he's Remember, John's John's day job is he runs La Flor Dominicana. So massive job he's got. That's yes. a big job. You know, he's yeah. executive vice president of sales. Um, he reports to Lido and Inez Gomez. Um, so that that's important. And you know, he's you know he's having a child and getting married and starting his own family. That's a huge thing. Yep, so absolutely. he can't be on all the time. And that's fine. I don't knock him for that. When he can come on, he can come on. Yep. And that's great. Yeah. And, he, and he is officially part of the show team. But having someone else, it's nice. You know, if we don't have a guest and, you know, John's not coming on, it's me and Nicole, Nelson can come on. Or, yep. you know, if it's just me and someone's coming on, Nelson can come on. So it's yep. just nice. Uh, it's, it's nice to be able to expand the team. There's so many different roles that people can have. Um, he also has he has video experience. He has podcast experience. You know, he. Uh, and like you said, I, I think he handled himself very well. They did a very uh, nice job. Yep. With, you guys had uh, good chemistry. You guys had very good chemistry too. I think it was very important. Um, yeah. He, he's not shy. He's social. Um, he's not afraid of the camera. Those are all good things. Um, so, you know, and, and we'll probably continue to expand even past Nelson. You'll get even another person. So, you know, going into uh, 2022, um, going to TPE, PCA, a handful of other events across the country, you know, having a four person team yep. would be ideal. Yeah. Um, so, you know, those are just kind of the things that, you know, you're always looking at, um, you know, not just kind of like what you're building, what you got going on, what, where you are right now, it's, you know, where you're going, you know, 
am I going to need more help there? So yeah, the team has expanded. Um, as has, you know, like cigar coop team. Yep. Um, you know, at the trade show, you know, you, you had, you had a handful of people there, you know, Ben was there, bear yep. was there, Aaron was there. Um, you know, so we're kind of in that same boat now, granted a lot of people, you know, will, you know, have noticed, you know, we haven't been around as long as cigar coop. Um, but what we've been able to accomplish in our existence, I'm very proud of, you know, it's been a, a much shorter window than you have, but the right. fact that we're already where we are now, I think is, uh, is good. It's, it's more than a, we're ahead of plan or schedule, so to speak. Um, so it's good. It's all good stuff. We're happy to have Nelson. We're happy to be at this point where we're now bringing more people into the team. Um, and it's all part of growth, which is, uh, which is good. Yeah, no, I think it's good. Um, you know, it was interesting kind of because Coop's model is a little different than probably most. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone, with the exception of Aaron Nielsen, which we're probably going to carve something out for him pretty soon. Oh, yeah, for Aaron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's Aaron and Aaron. So we got both, right? Mm-hmm. So if you think about it, like Aaron Loomis has a full-time brand in developing pallets. He does primetime with me. Yeah. Bear has now El Osu Fumar Takes. He does special edition with me. Uh, Dave Burke, who's come in, he does jukebox with me. He runs the cigarjukebox.com site, which is our music site. right? And right. he really is the main guy there. Ben has now got Smoking Syndicate, which is our video review site. So we've kind of like built this collaborative platform where everyone kind of has a brand. Some of the brands are under the Coop umbrella, like the Jukebox and Smoking Syndicate. And some of them are external, like what Bear and Aaron have. And then Aaron Nielsen will probably be coming in on a written piece with me. Uh, we're still carving that piece out. Um, and, uh, you know, and that's kind of the, but I took, it took really until I added someone to Coop. It was seven years before I added anyone to Coop. Um, originally, when I kind of teamed with Stogie Geeks, my goal was originally to have some of those guys come into the Coop. It just didn't work out for a lot of reasons. Um, so when I started fresh again, I, I kind of, took a little bit of a different approach and kind of approached people in uh, various uh, bear. I think bear told the story the other night, pretty good about how he joined the team. He was kind of uh, I did, that one wasn't planned. Right. So right. Yeah. He, uh, I just like, he was uh, the second show was a year out and bear did this bear did the whole, uh, he did the uh, hall of fame show. And I basically uh, told him you want to come back and I haven't been able to get rid of him since. No, but I mean, no, I mean, what these guys have done, they all bring a strength to this, uh, what we've done. And I've also had to learn a little to let go. Right. Because that's the toughest part of this. Right. And I need to make sure that all these guys have creative freedom on what they're doing. It's very important. Um, I'm not going to be the guy if I don't agree with someone's score if I don't agree with what someone wrote, or if I don't agree with what someone said on the show, I don't want to be that guy. Now, occasionally, there's maybe a situation that we've had a, there's a, a situation that's happened where, uh, say, maybe we we uh, we had a rough show or a rough rough cut or something, and we, we get together as a team and we 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 uh, we kind of adjust those types of things. But I'm really, like I said, that is six people on Coop. It's a, it's a lot. I've had to get used to a lot of different things, but I also think I have one of the strongest teams out there and I'm, I'm like blessed to have these guys. And I think, like I said, I think the guys you're bringing in right now, I think these have been good moves. Um, and like Nelson's a newer guy. I see a lot of potential with him, mm. uh, which is when I took bear on bear was not a bear was the only guy I took with no media experience. 
Um, and he's grown into what he's done. And like now what he's doing with LLS of Fumar takes, uh, uh, I see how he's grown and stuff. And, uh, you know, but it, it but otherwise, you know, it's kind of good. You bring a mix, like I said, bringing, uh, I think I said Nelson was a good move. I, you know, now the guest post piece has been interesting, right? This is the one I've, I've not embraced. Now, if Fred wanted to contribute, so that wouldn't be an issue for Coop, right? But I get about I get about ten of these a week. These people they just want to guess right on Coop, right? They, they'll just write something and send it to you blind without you asking. They'll, they'll, well, they'll say, "Hey, I, I want to write a top. I want to write on a topic, right?" And, and the topics they give me are like weed, uh, cell phones. I'm like they're clearly just kind of scraping my email address. And then the funny thing is, it's funny. I was in the about page. If you go to the about page on Cigar Coop, we do not use guest posters, right? So you know they're not reading it; they're scraping it somewhere, right? Uh, because we 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 you know, and they were like, "Hey, I'm a big fan of yours. I follow everything you do." Like well, the first thing you know is we we just I don't bring guest posters in because, um, again, you want to have you got to have some you know standards, and I think you know obviously you guys are working together to keep to the smoking tobacco standards, which is mm. good. But at the same time, give them the creative freedom. But I'm not just going to take someone off the street either, who who has no street creds, especially with tobacco. Um, you know, and, and do that. So, but about 10 of these, and the funny thing is when you don't answer them, they'll, they'll write you the second time. Hey, did you get my email? And then they write you a third time and a fourth time. So you just have to just block them is all you can do. So it's, it's, it's a pain in the ass. I get that. But if it's a legitimate someone in the industry that wants to contribute something, uh, I have the blog section, which, you know, that you, you could, someone could give me something and I'll put it in there. If it's, if again, they have some street creds in the industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, in an effort to stay different. Yeah. It's something I did open myself up to, you know, being able to have different views, angles and connections yeah. to it within reason. Yeah. So I want to make another I agree point. With that. Yeah. This was very important. I think what you did, this is why I think this was a very important move what you did. Okay. So, and we're seeing this happen with influencers, right? So the idea is if you go to like NBC or CBS, right, they now have websites, right? where their mm-hmm. content is housed on that website, right? But they broadcast that, that con- they broadcast content over cable. Um, they broadcast it over the airwaves. Maybe it's radio, right? And I kind of look at, it's important to have that, that, that kind of hub, right? That's their content, right? So the problem is, you know, if, when we do, sh- if you're on YouTube all the time, if you're on Facebook all the time, you don't have a home base where you're growing your content. That's your storefront, if you may. Mm-hmm. That's really important, right? And I think the move you're making right now is making smokingtobacco.com a storefront, right? Where it's, you know, you're putting out press releases, you're putting out reviews, right? So it's you're not just a YouTube or a Facebook show, right? You, you have this dimension. And that's very important with Coop. Like I always say, most of our readers from Coop probably don't come from Facebook anymore. Like we, we, we tackle Google really. We, 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 we target Google analytics, making sure we're on the first page of every search. And I'm, I'm happy to say with PCA, we were at the top this year, which mm-hmm. I'm really happy about. Right? We did some real good things to hone our analytics a lot better. So we have that storefront. And I think you're going to start to see your piece grow with that as well. Absolutely. Uh, with, it's yeah, all part of the plan. Yeah. And that's, it's very important. I think it's, it's very important to do. And that's where, look, I know there's been a lot of discussion about influencers, right? And I'm not anti-influencer, but I, I would say if an influencer has a storefront, 
that makes them a lot stronger than what they're doing. Not just, hey, I'm putting something on Instagram that's going to disappear in three days. Yeah, I don't want to get. I don't want to touch on that anymore. Yeah, I don't want to touch on that anymore. He's a but. Not because like I'm not because like I'm afraid or like I'm 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 like changing my opinions or anything like that or like okay. backing away. It's just right. I don't okay. want to deal with it anymore. Like yeah, yeah I, I said my piece on it, and yeah. a lot of people misunderstood what I was trying to say. You were misunderstood. It was, and not, a lot I, of people I, took it the wrong way, and then yep. people who had like no skin in the game were sending me messages, and it's like. Yeah, we won't go down. I'm not, always, I'm not even wasting my time yeah. with it. You know, if but, you want to send me a hate message, great. I'm just going to delete it. So don't, you know, whatever. But That's but all. as a media brand, what you're doing, again, on, on the dot-com site is very, very important. And you have a storefront. I mean, it is a lot of good material that certainly your audience will have a a like a place that, that like I said, a storefront to go to with it. Um, so I think it's a, it was a very important move that you took care of that piece. Um, and I, gi- I give you a, a hat, hat, big, big uh, hats off on that one. Good job. Yeah. Well, thank you, Coop. You yeah. know, yeah. I, uh, you know, and that's the thing, you know, the, the smoking tobacco brand and uh, family of whatever, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, I have, I have a long-term plan uh, and I won't necessarily roll out that whole plan for everyone right now, um, but there is a long-term plan and it includes a lot of growth. Um, and it includes a lot of the advice that I've received from my peers in the industry. So, uh, which as you are seeing now, I am beginning to take and unfold, yeah. uh, even in my own way. So while also trying to be different from everyone else, trying to also learn from what they've done or maybe what they didn't. Uh, do. Absolutely. I mean, we learned from you at the trade show. Mm-hmm. Do you, I, I don't know if you know that we saw your microphone set up. I'm like, we got to go to that microphone setup. Next to Ben said, he looked at your setup. Like this is a much better one. So you guys, you guys were on top of that, right? Our microphone setup was the one Achilles Haley had this year. And uh, we learned from that. You know, we learned from other media brands with that, which is like you guys, which is good. We can learn from the new folks. So, uh, yeah, you know, and I'll give, and I'll give credit to Nicole for that. She spent like yeah. three weeks, like researching yeah. microphones and yeah. audio. And yeah. uh, then just, and she just came to me and, yeah. you know, the way a lot of that stuff works is, you know, she does a lot of the research and the groundwork. And then she comes to me and is like, all right, this is what we should get. And then it's like, all right, buy it. Yep. Um, and then we get it and we, we, we play around with it and yeah, yeah no, this is good. Or if, you know, we, we find something we don't like it's, uh, I'll be on, like, there's a lot of times when I'll be honest and I'll be like, you know what? I just don't even want to waste my time giving it a shot because I'd rather just go to the next step and just have something better. Uh, and you just have to make a decision. Cause you know, remember a lot of the times I, 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 I get a little critical of myself because I try to always think of the not like trying to be the best or better than anyone else, just be the best that I can. If I know I can be better, I'd rather just go to that step. It's not like, you know, if I can have a better quality on any angle, whether it's video, audio, the written piece, like photos, video, just the way we present stuff. I I'm like, let's just make that better. Like, I don't, you know, I watch people and I'm not knocking people. People do what they want to do. And that's great. And whatever works for you, you should do it because it's all about being comfortable in your own system. But like, I watch other people like kind of do the same thing and never change and innovate. And it's like, you know, you, you gotta be able to adapt to that. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta be able to adapt. You gotta be able to change. You always try to make yourself better. You know, yeah. it's always about bettering yourself and growing, you know, yeah. moving forward is better than standing still or, you know, worse going backwards. So 
I always just try to, and, and that, and that's the same for whether it's the quality of the equipment we use or the people, you know, having people join the team and make the team bigger. Yep. Um, you know, having a second right. show, there's a, then now there's, there's two shows under the right. spoken tobacco umbrella, you know, right. and there will be more. Yep. I will tease that there will be more shows. <laughs> wow. I, so yeah, breaking news here. No, I mean, we're, like I said, and, uh, it's, uh, it's like I said, I think it's important to keep adapting to things. Um, I know like there's a lot of stuff on, if you go back to the coop content 10 years ago, it's awful. I mean, so there's a lot that's been improved on the content piece. Um, the news piece has a very, uh, we have a very, very, uh, I didn't even think Lisa is actually my wife, by the way, whose name is Lisa. She's mm-hmm. actually the seventh member. She does the proofreading and the back end business piece, which I, I, I don't give her enough credit. We have a whole process for how we do news. So, I mean, you know, there's a process that we, we follow with it. Uh, and sometimes we're not first with a story because we, we feel that there's things in the process that don't warrant it to be first. So that's things that we've had to go through. And ultimately, I think eventually if I become full time on this, that pro- we'll close some of the time gap on that. But uh, we've, the, uh, the process I've taken is accuracy over timeliness in some cases. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and we try to get dig a little deeper and stuff, but there's a process that we have to follow with this. There's a process, everything has to go through an, an editorial review. Um, you know, this, and believe me, Lisa's just yelling at me all the time. She's like, well, this, she said, how did you, why is this out there? I said, you're the proofreader, right? Fix it. <laughs> but, so, uh, so, and then, then when I throw a 6,000 word article at her, it's not fun, but, uh, Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, but no, it's but we, so we have to allow for time for things like that. Is what I'm saying. Reviews have to be scheduled. Um, they have to go. Like we're going to start working on that with Ben's piece on a. We haven't really put him into a, a full schedule yet. We're starting to assimilate that piece in right now. So um, you have to adapt with that. And you have to have processes behind the scenes to support that. Is what you'll find too. Yeah, I mean, Nicole usually proofreads a lot of my stuff. Um, you know, that's that's one part of it that you know I do ask from her, and I think she likes to do that. Um, but in terms of writing stuff, it's really not her forte. Um, which is fine. Sorry, I've relit this thing like five times. Um, which is fine, but you know, and that's you know, where you know, adding other members to the team or people who who can and want to write, yeah, yeah. I can't do it all myself. I'm we're at the point now where I just can't do it all by myself, you know, it's having other people. I'm at the same point as well. Uh, you know, I, I talk about a moment, um, the 2017 trade show. Now that was the first year bear and Aaron were, were on the team. Um, Aaron had his developing pallets thing that he did. And bear was so new. I couldn't get him out to the trade show in time. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was the worst trade show I ever had in coverage. It was a disaster. There was a lot of issues I had. I was distracted by other things that I shouldn't have been. And I had to go back to the reset board in 2018 and reset from the ground up what we were doing with trade show coverage. And then this year, again, we had to do it with Ben coming on and Aaron coming on. Uh, but this time I was much more prepared for that change. Mm-hmm. So, we, you know, but 2017 was just lack of preparation on my end. And it was horrible trade show coverage. I regret it. I apologize. I went and apologize to my readers on it. Uh, I had missed photos. I was calling people. It was, it was so bad. Guys helped me out with photos. They were great. But you know what? It was inexcusable. Um, and that's when I realized, hey, I can't cover a trade show myself anymore. So then changes happen. So, and, and I think now it's worked out. 
Yeah, you know, I mean, I look back at what we did this year and uh, got to be pretty happy. It's very good job. Yeah, it was good. But do you want me to be honest with you? Yeah, it could be better, right? It could have been a lot better. Oh, we already came up with 10 things probably we could do that better that we're going to start, you know, already starting to think about for next year. So, exactly. I wish I got um, to I wish I got to more booths than I did. We did too, but we uh we did. Um, but I, I, I told you it was gonna be hard to get to every booth that you guys planned. Oh yeah. I told oh, yeah, you no, it was gonna oh, be yeah. hard. I mean we 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 set the goal of fifty we were at seventy nine Bear and I two years ago. We set the thing at fifty two because we knew we were gonna be the booths longer. We got the fifty eight. So that was really good. Bear we wanted Bear and I want to try to get back up to that seventy nine next year. But I said, Bear, I don't want to sacrifice the quality because we had some really good quality this year. I thought mm-hmm. the quality we had was the best. So let's just kind of let's just not focus on a number. Let's just focus on the quality piece. And I think the number will come in time. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, you know, it's important to look at, you know, uh, and, and it's beyond even just the trade shows. It's, it's everything we do. You know, yeah. it's always just trying to make it better and improve and grow. I think yeah. that's just the big, that's the biggest theme here is just, is just growth. Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, like I said, um, it's exciting to see kind of have this forum. We could kind of just talk about some of these things. I know I sometimes do it with Aaron and Bear on the other two shows as well. Um, Aaron and I tend to get a lot into scoring because that's his forte. Right. Uh, so Bear and I tend to get a little more into legislation on things. So it's, a, you know, that's kind of Bear's thing. So we kind of each have different avenues where we can hit. And this is kind of spare notes where we just take the spare notes and put it out there. Yeah, you know, another big thing, you know, about smoking tobacco, uh, for those, if you haven't heard it, it's not here with us yet, but uh, around, but uh, smoking tobacco now will be broadcasting from the JC Newman Cigar Studios, uh, which is something we're really excited about, um, you know, to, to be able to work with JC Newman, a company that's been in this, this business oh, for yeah longer than, longer than most. I mean, yeah. they're a great company. We're very proud. Um, to be part of the JC Newman family, um, you know, big fan of their products for a long time. Um, great stuff that they do. Um, you know, they're a part of the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which yep. you know, we we've already done one successful fundraiser for. We'll probably do it again next year. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just it's nice. You know, um, it's just stuff like that. Just just having people see the. Uh, the opportunity and the uh, the potential and all of the stuff that we've already been able to accomplish has been great. So, yeah, that's my that's really just my take. I mean, you brought it up, but uh, not yeah. to like pat yeah. myself on the back. No, but, no, you know, that's fine. Good for you. Good for you. You know, it's you're just we're just happy with how we've progressed. That's yeah. all I really leave with. I want to mention one PCA thing with with JC Newman for a second, and I don't. We may have talked about this. If I did, you could stop me. Okay. I thought I had one of the most interesting visits with a booth at jc newman this year and not because of the booth right but adria right today's a birthday by the way happy birthday adria happy birthday adria yep um i think i saw today was a birthday it is i had something happen that never happened to me before in 11 years coming to the trade show adria wanted to know what my plan was for the rest of the year with cigar coop and she wanted to hear what what we were doing the rest of the year and okay, I had a pretty good story to tell because of Smoking Syndicate coming in. So I had a lot, you know, but I was like, I was very appreciative for her to take the time to kind and she was taking like copious notes. I'll tell you that. Like, here's what we're doing. Here's the roadmap uh, for the rest of the year. 
Um, and I wish more companies would do that because for me, it kind of just showed they, you know, they, they've invested in us and, and I wanted to give them a confidence level that, Hey, uh, this is what we're doing and this is the value we're going to bring here. So I don't right. know if she did that with everybody, but that happened with me this year. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a question that I've gotten from a handful of, uh, manufacturers. Uh, obviously that was one that was talked about with them. Um, but you know, yeah, and it's, and I, and I appreciate that question. It's a great question. Um, you know, people to show interest in what, what we're doing. Um, you know, it's nice to just, uh, see, you know, the manufacturer, I think last year really changed. Um, it it added a lot more appreciation for people like us, for the manufacturers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they see how much we do even for them. You know, where, you know, in a, in a way, you know, we, we hype these brands, you know, sometimes we dehype them, but you know, we, we hype them. We hype them. Um, but you know, here's the worst thing that happens, Matt. And I think I've told you this early on when someone falls off the grid. Okay. And suddenly their media brand isn't the priority anymore, but they're carrying sponsor money. Right. Like uh, my son just set the fire alarm up again. Uh, do, you, do you have to get up? No, no, he was vaping. I could tell. Oh, <laughs> he doesn't <it's> like <laughs> so. There's one area he could vape in the house, but uh, yeah, uh, so I'm hearing it. He knows I'm gonna kill him again for that. <laughs> um, no, no, Coop getting angry. I don't know. I can't picture no, that. No, no, so no, but I mean, I think I've seen so many of these things. Like, and when you fall off the grid, when you fall off the horse, you can't get back on. It's very hard for a media brand to recover. It's all about um, consistency. You got so you have to be out there. Now I'm not saying we publish every day. We've been publishing every day since July 3rd, 2012. But I'm not saying you have to do that. But if you're falling off the if you're if you're doing a podcast, you haven't done a podcast for five weeks, like and people are investing in you financially, you're really doing them a disservice. So oh yeah. Uh, and I've seen this happen. And and it's hurt online media, right? I can tell you it's hurt online media because people don't they're they're a little nervous about that's why I think there's still a a tendency for print media because print media is consistently publishes whether it's quarterly, monthly, weekly, you know? So that's where I've seen the problem with online media where it's, it's, I think there's still some trepidation because you have a lot of these guys, they come in with great plans and then they fall off the wagon and it's bad. And I've yeah, seen it know, happen a lot. Yeah. I would say, you know, this obviously, and most yeah. of, most of uh, the people yeah. we know and work with know this too. You know, uh, we've had things come up, you know, uh, there are things that come up. It's going to happen. Yeah, no, no. But yeah. But like we've had like little things come up on a show day or whatever. And I've had people say to me like, well, why can't you just like do your show later? Or like, can you do it tomorrow? And it's like, it doesn't work that way. It doesn't work like that. You have to. Yeah, you have Listen, to. Listen, it's like I have, I have I have I have revenue coming in. I have yeah. people who pay yeah. um, for advertisement. You know, I have an audience that wants to, you know, watch me. They know when I'm on what day, what time, where to find me, you know, it's a disservice to them, to the followers, the fans, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a disservice to the people who invested in the show. Uh, no, we can't just now in, in rare circumstances, have we moved a show? Yes. Recently we had a situation where, you know, there was really bad storm. We could not do the show. We did it the very next night, which was as fast as we could do it. it that was that's... really beyond our yeah. control. Yeah. The internet was down. We, yeah. there was nothing we could do. Yeah. Um, so that shit happens. Um, yeah. yeah. Very rarely does it happen. 
you know, it's not happening every week at the same time, you know, like the, the show will always go on. So, um, you know, but yeah, I know what you mean. There's been a few people who like, who've come around, they've started to get a little bit of traction and then they disappear for like four weeks. And then they're like, all right, we're, we're back. And it's like, well, where'd you go? You know what I mean? Like, I hate missing an episode. I hate missing time. You you can't miss it. Especially once you start getting people invest in your brand. Now, if you're doing it as a hobby thing, that's okay. Right. I mean, you can do it, but then you know what, when you're going to try to go for the revenue, it's going to be tougher. When I was in the hospital, um, I actually kept Coop going every day. I had a backlog of stuff. Right. But, but I had to cancel some shows. And I was really nervous and I'm, and everyone was so understanding that I was in the hospital. I saw, I was like, I was going to try to do a hot show from the hospital room and I was talked out of that by Aaron. So, yeah. And, and then I was supposed to do the dojo show and he, he wouldn't let me do it that year. So, I mean, I was, I was getting a little worried about that because we had this record of consistency, but people are very understanding when there's an extreme circumstance. I'm talking about the guys who, you know, they decide they want to go play golf instead of doing their stuff. So, uh, you know, that, those are the guys that I've seen and I've seen these guys come and go. Um, and I hate it. But I mean, some of these guys are really good at what they do too. That's what's, that's what's, but you know, if you're going to make a presence here and if you want to, if you want to start, you know, bringing in revenue and expanding, you know, it costs money. Right. So you need, you need things like sponsorship and things like that. Yeah. And, and I think it's a, it's a good point to bring up, you know, it might be a little a drier topic, but it's important to bring up for people who, you know, obviously who have an interest in what we do, maybe you, maybe you just like to watch and listen to us. That's fine. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting for people to know, you know, there's, there's a, a little back behind the scene. Peel, peel the curtain a little. Yeah. There's a lot that goes into what we do. Um, yep. That's what I'll say. You know, it's not just like, I don't just open the laptop on Thursday and be like, all right, like, let's go live for an hour and we'll go back to No, Like it, it's very, it's very involved. Yep. Um, and, you know, a lot of people, <clears throat> you know, they hear they hear that i you know what would i do and they see my stuff and they're like wow like i wish i could do all that and it's like you can but i know in the back of their mind a lot of people might be like well i just either they realize and they're like i just don't have the dedication for that kind of stuff or it's like they don't realize and they think like oh yeah like i'll get like a laptop and a headset and and it's like no it's so much more than that and you know like i mean you're talking there's revenue now there's other people who are part of this Right. Um, who I have to, you know, kind of oversee. And then, you know, there's keep their, keep their skin in the game, keep them interested. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's very, very involved. So, you yeah, know, it, it is, it is. I appreciate but... you bringing up the topic. It's, it's a no, good one. It's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one. I enjoyed it talking about it. Um, is there any, uh, is there any other spare notes that you have? That's it for me. Hmm. I think that's it for me too. Yep. That's everything I wanted to cover. Yeah. Uh, I think you brought up some good stuff, which is always important. To, yeah. Same here. Same here. It was good. Um, always enjoy doing this on the on the next episode of the smoking tobacco show which will be thursday 7 p.m eastern um we have mickey peg of all saints cigars great interview he'll be he's great be joining us love um, mickey love mickey great guy great guy we got to hang out at the trade show a little bit uh i got to crush i got to crush some adult beverages with him at the bar it was a great time yep um and then uh, spare notes will return you know two weeks from tonight yep. as usual uh for episode number five yep no, notes pending notes um pending. gotta make them yep gotta we gotta make notes um yep. there's no yep. notes to be had yet uh yep. no i mean there's always a little bit but you know 
stuff will come up in the next two weeks. Um, after that, so we have Mickey Peg, and then we have uh, Abe Flores from PDR. We just had Abe on Thursday. I know. I saw that. It was um, one of the best interviews of the year on Coop. I got to be completely honest. Um, and we have a lot of great interviews. This one, in my opinion, was in the top two or three. Yeah. This was really a good. He's a great interview. Um, and we got into a lot with him. Uh, even also, he's a music guy, and we do a music show. And we hit a lot of music stuff, too. Right. From an in, A lot of stuff in the music industry. He knows the music industry very well. Um, we're, yeah. So we're taking. So here's the thing. Uh, Monday, we have Jukebox coming. Skip Martin and John McTavish. We're doing a. We just recorded the show right before this. Uh, we, we did an Anthony Bourdain show. Uh, he had a music playlist we went through, which was very interesting. Uh, then there's going to be a little bit of break on Coop content until the 19th. Uh, of August, um, I have I have some travel and then this is some commitments. So we're uh, some of us have commitments. So August nineteenth, primetime one ninety eight uh, confirmed is Jose Blanco, uh, who we have not had in a solo interview for a while. So we're finally gonna have Jose on. So uh, that'll be good. The professor will make his return for the Coop Show. Yep, yep. Uh, you know he's always an interest. We had him on with Carlito uh, a couple of times, but we really haven't gotten into Jose since he's gone. You had him on, and you, he talked a little about Fuente and stuff being there. But we haven't. Last time we had him on was episode seventy-one. Wow. Uh, he was still at EPC. So, uh, but yeah, we have plenty of content going between now and then. There may be a second jukebox show before the nineteenth, and then there's all of our PCA videos are going up every day. So you won't have a loss of content. Ben's got smoking syndicate stuff, so there's plenty of stuff. But as far as a podcast, uh, the, the next regular podcast it will be the nineteenth. We we have to take a break next week uh, for a few for a few logistical reasons. So. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's always, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but, with, always... but there's no loss of content. I want to make everyone clear. That. So, yeah, don't worry. Coop's not going anywhere. I'm not going this, every day that we've written stuff. And like I said, the PCA stuff's still going up between now and then. So, all right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, guys, yeah. as always, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, don't forget to go on and find us on social media uh, and follow us there as well as on YouTube and everywhere podcasts can be found. Uh, please subscribe to us. Uh, download, hit the like button, hit the follow buttons, you know, all that fun stuff. Yep. Uh, as always, you can head over to smokingtobacco.com. You can catch up on the latest stuff that's going on in the industry, uh, as well as you can go to Scar Coop yep. and you can follow uh, everything that Coop does over there, as well as follow his uh, many appearances on podcasts, including his own. <laughs> um, so don't forget to do that as well. And uh, we'll, we'll see you guys next Thursday. Well, yeah, well, I was going to say next next weekend, but yep. no. So we'll see yep. you guys Thursday on the Spoken Tobacco show. Take care. Right. Take care everyone.